if Jesus did not rise from the dead. Christians should be pitied. Christianity is completely empty. Churches should remain shut. Christian preachers should shut up. For the message we proclaim is, is vain and useless. But if Jesus was indeed raised from the dead, well then that surely changes everything. For his resurrection offers transformational hope for our lives. And that is a hope that we desperately need. Particularly at a time when every day we're getting these reminders of how many people died the previous day from the coronavirus infection. We're not used to daily reminders of our mortality. Despite the normal average of 50,000 deaths in the UK every month. People die for many different reasons. But this coronavirus has dramatically reminded us how death just seems to be an unstoppable force. I mean, doctors can delay it, but they cannot defeat it. And we've seen that death is no respecter of persons, whether we're rich or poor, young or old, famous or unknown. One day, death is going to cut us down. And so what does God have to say to us about that? Well, if you have a Bible, please, please open it to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 50. The words will also appear on the screen. And as I read, notice that there are three main sections here. A declaration, a revelation, and an exhortation. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will all be changed." For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your sting? Where, O oh death, is your victory? The sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Well, these were words written by the Apostle Paul to Christians in the city of Corinth in the first century AD. And Paul wrote to defend the certainty that there will be a future day of resurrection. Over a number of Easter's now, since 2012, believe it or not, we've been working through this key chapter in the Bible to help us grasp the significance of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. As Paul comes to close this chapter, look again at the declaration in verse 50. We need transformation. Verse 50. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. 
here is our problem. We cannot inherit the kingdom of God as we are. The kingdom of God is described in the Bible as an eternal reality. It will not perish or fade out. The Bible promises a new heaven and a new earth to come. Uh, one that will not wear out or decay. One where the sun will not burn itself out and engulf every planet close by. But here's our problem. We do perish. Although that great day is coming, we wear out. Bob Waiton uh, made the news last week uh, since becoming the world's oldest man. He was born in 1908, now 112 years old, an extraordinarily long life. But the reason that he is currently the world's oldest man is because the previous one has died. So many have perished before us, so many burials, so many ashes scattered, and each one is a poignant reminder to us that on our own, we cannot inherit the kingdom of God. We simply do not last. Jesus taught Nicodemus, the impressive religious leader in his day, exactly this. Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. You see, we need transformation. A spiritual inner transformation that starts now and a physical transformation of our bodies. For without these, we cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Well, that's Paul's solemn declaration. But then he shares with them a revelation in verses 51 to 57. And essentially it is this. We will all be transformed. Take another look at verse 51. Listen. I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will all be changed. There are two parts to this mystery that the Apostle Paul reveals. We will not all physically die. And secondly, we will all be transformed. So firstly, how is it that we will not all die? Well, because a day is coming when those still living on the planet will experience the return of Jesus Christ. Jesus spoke of it in this way. It was written down for us in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 24. He told his disciples this, Then will appear the sign of the Son of of man in heaven and then all the peoples of the earth will mourn when they see the son of man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory and he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of the heavens to the other now this is the last trumpet that Paul is referring to in our Bible reading from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 that we heard earlier, it described it as the trumpet of the Lord. The sound of that trumpet announces the return of Jesus Christ to gather all his people to himself who will then enter into his eternal glory. The trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised, our text tells us. Now this is not a dystopian moment of decayed bodies clambering out of graves. 
But in an instant, all who have perished will be raised and transformed to have a resurrection body that is able to live forever in God's kingdom. Paul made this point in in the same chapter of chapter 15 earlier about this transformation. If you look back at verse 42, so will it be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable. It is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. Secondly, every believer who is alive at the return of Christ will also be transformed to have the same resurrection body. We will all be changed, it tells us. Suddenly, in an instant, in the blink of an eye, And notice the continuity that is stressed in this transformation. Look at verse 54 again. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal must clothe itself with immortality. As we get dressed in our best clothes as guests for a wedding day, so these bodies will be clothed in in full glory on that day. Jesus appeared to his disciples on a number of occasions after the resurrection. On that first Easter day, the frightened disciples had gathered together uh, and they were trying to come to terms with the news of an empty tomb, uh, of a missing body, and of all the reports of um, the people who said that they'd seen Jesus. And as they talked, Jesus turned up in their locked room. I love what C.S. Lewis delightfully says. Jesus was more real than the walls. And so a locked room was no problem. And so there's, that's something that our bodies can't do. But then to reassure them, Jesus says, Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. You see, there's continuity but transformation involved in this resurrection. Paul calls it a spiritual body in 1 Corinthians 15. But it's still a physical body that can be touched. A body of flesh and bones, as Jesus says, that can be touched. And Jesus can still enjoy a good barbecue of eating fish. Now on resurrection day, we will get a body just as Jesus had his resurrection body. It's almost unimaginable, isn't it? To have a body without infection, A body without tiredness, a body without weakness or sickness or death. But it is with such imperishable and immortal bodies that we will be clothed. Now how suddenly life has changed for the whole world with the rise of this coronavirus. And it started with one person somewhere in China eating an infected animal. But it will be as nothing compared to the sudden and instant change that will happen over the globe when Jesus Christ returns. And here's my question for you. Are you ready for that day? When that last trumpet sounds, will it be the sound of defeat or victory for you? Will it be a time of mourning or rejoicing? Are we ready to stand before King Jesus? Will he return as our judge or our saviour? If Jesus was raised, then know for certain that he is returning and now is the time to get ready. 
for all who have received Jesus and taken their stand on this gospel message. That day will be one of great joy and victory. When the last trumpet sounds, verse 55 in our text says this, then the saying that is written will come true. Death will be swallowed up in victory. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 25, that's been quoted here, uh, there is this promise of a great banquet day when the Lord will prepare a feast of rich food, a banquet of aged wine and the best meats. And on that day, he will destroy the shroud of death. He will swallow up death forever. Every death brings mourning. But on that day, the Lord will comfort his people, wiping away tears from their faces as we see death completely defeated and destroyed, swallowed up in total victory. And so certain is that final day of victory that it transforms how we can view death right now. Did you see how Paul taunts death itself, taking up words from elsewhere in the Old Testament? Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice, this is a decisive victory achieved by God. That's why he thanks God. A decisive victory achieved by God through his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. This is why Easter weekend is, is such a source of celebration for all Christians throughout the world. Through the death of Jesus, God defeated our sin. The curse of our condemnation was taken by Jesus for us so that we could be completely forgiven. And through the resurrection of Jesus, God defeated death itself. And we rejoice as Christians because through faith in Jesus, God gives us that victory over sin and death. When you take your stand on the gospel of Jesus Christ, then you do not need to fear death. Its sting is removed. I mean, look at the way that death is described back in verse 51. We will not all sleep. On hearing of the death that Lazarus of, de of Lazarus, uh, this is what Jesus said to his disciples: "Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going to wake him up." Do you know what the word cemetery means? It comes from a Greek word that means the sleeping place. This is a profoundly Christian understanding of death, even. As we lay the, the body of a Christian in the grave or take it to the crematorium, it is merely a body that sleeps and a body that will be woken up and raised when the last trumpet will sound. And that person's uh, spirit and soul will be reunited with their resurrection body to be with the Lord forever. And finally, Paul ends with the wonderful exhortation of verse 58. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. 
This gospel message preached by the apostles, recorded for us in the Bible, changes absolutely everything. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised according to the scriptures, not only removes our fear of death, but it also fills our lives with confidence, thanksgiving, purpose, and motivation. And so Paul urges Christians to stand firm on the gospel message he preached. Don't let anything move you from the gospel I preached. Don't let anything move you from the gospel that saves us now and forever if we hold firmly to it. For this is a gospel that gives us confidence. For death is merely sleep. Its sting is removed. It is a gospel that fills us with thanksgiving to God who gives us the victory through Jesus. It gives us purpose to have the privileged opportunity to spend our lives engaging in the work of the Lord. That we get to play a part to see lives eternally transformed through Jesus to the glory of God is the most incredible privilege. And what motivation. Uh, This is something worth giving ourselves fully to, knowing that it will have lasting and eternal significance. For if the Lord is risen, our labor in the Lord is not in vain. Death is dead. Love has won. Christ has conquered. So let's sing in response to God's word.